Back with another episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast with Master Historian um, Ian Stonebrook. I did not mean to have you on for three straight episodes, but like shit is just dropping back to back to back, and you are the best person to have on to talk about this stuff. Say apologies to the people; they're probably getting sick of my voice by now. But it's uh, yeah, it's been a crazy fourth quarter, but I enjoyed doing it. No, no, I, I will say that the members who have reached out to me have said, uh, you know, they're not as familiar with you, but they said, oh man, that guy's really smart. I like that guy. There's, I learned a lot. He sounds very knowledgeable. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the, that that's Ian. So yeah, it's good to have you back. Obviously this week, we are talking about the Jordan 11s, the Jubilee 11s, the 25th anniversary, kind of going to hop through all those things and talk about what does essentially this release mean for sneaker culture and how did we get to this point? So let's let's dive right in. And this really all kind of starts with MJ's retirement. And I'll let you explain that. And for everyone else listening, there's also a great article, editorial breakdown of all this as well. If you want to sit back, turn on the fire, get under a blanket, you know, read a little bit. Um, there's There's a version of that that you can take in. But yeah, start us off with that retirement and how that played a role into kind of the creation and start of the of the Jordan 11. Yeah, so essentially on October 6th of 1993, Michael Jordan literally shocks the world and retires from basketball. Mm. As in the last dance, the idea of retiring around that time had been tossed around by him for a while, you know, behind the scenes. There was you know, uh, fatigue from three straight NBA finals. The media was all over him. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of feeling like at that point, he'd proven everything. And then yeah. obviously when his, uh, when his father passed and was murdered, that was the last straw. So right. Michael retires from the Bulls on October 6th, which is, you know, I don't know the exact date in terms of when that co would correspond to training camp, but it's mm -hmm. got to be uh, pretty close. A, yeah, pretty close within yeah, a couple yeah. window. So, so at that point, um, just just for everyone, you know, what had released already as far as the Jordan line and what was in production? Like, where were we as far as? Because obviously, the brand's thinking ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at that point, we're on the Air Jordan Eight. Um, that's right. what he wore in his third straight finals appearance in beat yep. Charles Barkley and the Suns in. Yep. It's interesting to think too, what he would have worn to start that season because, you know, if he did play in the 93 and 94 campaign, because previously he'd started each year in a new colorway of the old model. Yep. And as we know, there's only three original Air Jordan 8 colorways. So I would doubt that they had another one on deck. It was probably, going to be a rare occurrence where he'd start the season in the nine and kind of create the new timeline that we saw essentially every year, every year since. Yeah. But um, yeah. So the eight uh, he had played in the nine was ready. I'm not yeah. sure the exact launch date of the nine. I believe they hit in 94, but I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But um, at this point, everyone in Nike is like, yo, he's done. And it was a fun ride, but that's a wrap. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's everyone except Tinker Hatfield who, just believes in his heart of hearts that MJ is going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And this is my, honestly, my favorite kind of part of the story here is Nike basically tells him, okay, like, let's move on. Let's do something else. It's not happening. Yada, yada, yada. And he, he does what creative people who love what they do do. 
And he goes home and says, fuck it. No, I'm doing this on my own time. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to create. And that really opened him up with the freedom and the creativity to really think outside the box and create something that was, I mean, drastically different than, than, than what was, what had come out in the previous um, iterations. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at this point, the nine is already in production and yeah. based on product timelines, you know, the 10 is, if not entirely done close to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, even though Tinker is the goat, you know, I mean, as much as I love Eric Avar, like Tinker's hit list is just endless and massive. But one could argue that the eight, nine and the 10 didn't really stack much in the way of innovation. Mm-hmm. you know, compared to previous pairs. So, you know, the eight was last worn by MJ. The nine is suddenly have to reroute its marketing plans by being worn by people like BJ Armstrong, Penny Hardaway, Mitch right. Richmond, I believe, Kendall Gill, I believe with Charles Sprewell. It's kind of an early look at what Jordan brand might be like. Mm-hmm. And then the 10 is essentially just like supposed to be the last chapter. So 10 is going to release in not, you know, for 94, 95, the celebration city series. And it's going to be a celebration in the same year. They bring back the retros and then finito. But again, uh, Tinker sees things differently. Yep. And he, he kept, he kept plugging along. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people know, you know, the design and the materials and everything that's went into, into the 11s. But actually, you know, one thing I've been seeing uh, circling around, was this, was the, the Jordan, the, the wording on the eyelets part of the original sketches? I've seen that, but I noticed that wasn't in your original story. And is that something, is that just like rumor mill shit or is that like actual truth? Yeah. So I think it's a bit of both. Um, I'll have to reference. I I have some uh, literature in front of near me that has original sketches and I know Mm. they're, in the draft, but no. So the original Air Jordan was not to have eyelets. Right. It was to be completely inspired by a stock and a lawnmower. It right, was right, supposed right. to be laceless, which plays into the uh, the adapt story that we'll get to later. Yeah. But it probably wasn't until you know. Let me double check on that. But obviously, we saw the eyelets on the DMP 11s, yeah. and you know the very rare pairs that hits production. We saw eyelets on, we saw the lettered eyelets on certain samples and, you know, in an odd roundabout way, it makes you wonder who had access to what sketches, but yeah. we saw the, we saw the lettered or branded eyelets, if you will, on the Reebok question, which was directly inspired by the Air Jordan 11. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, um, there's basically, I don't know, anywhere from four to five different Air Jordan 11 ideas that were kind of fleshed out it's funny yeah. the first uh the first sketch she's the shoe being posed poises a low top yeah. it sees tinker asking if it should be called the jordan beyond wow. and he has this idea of basically recommissioning the wings poster mm. and you know i mean it really has a between beyond and the uh the silhouette of the wings it almost has like a batman feel Like, you know, like the soldier is back in the cave, you know, he's not coming back out. And this is just like that symbol of hope. But, you know, eventually we get to what we have, which is by just about all measures, uh, one of, if not the most important basketball shoes ever made. Yeah. And, and I love, 
I mean, I love seeing these sketches from Tinker and seeing the original artwork for really anything that's designed. It's always great to see kind of the process that went um, went into it. If you guys haven't uh, listened or sorry, not listened, watched, I believe it's called Abstract. Is it the Netflix series? Tinker is on that. That's a great 40 minute sit down if you're into sneakers and have not, um, not have not seen it yet. Yeah, absolutely. That was actually kind of I hadn't seen it start to finish or at least not in my memory. So that was like the last thing I watched before I finished this piece. Nice. nice, nice, nice. Let me see if there's one more just kind of piece of inspiration to tie it up. And it's fantastic. You know, I mean, especially the way it uh, dives into Tinker's athletic career at Oregon as a pole vaulter and just kind of this super talented cat who has a history of being risky and moving by the beat of his own drum. Very likable, all these other things. And it's, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a hell of a watch. Definitely recommend. Definitely, definitely. So give us the quick historical walkthrough of like MJ comes back. What's he wearing on feet? How do the 11s play into this? Because really what happens at that point and, and in the playoffs is like, I mean, Jordan Bryan wasn't expecting this. He wasn't supposed to be wearing 11s and, and a lot of different um, things were not going according to plan. But we saw, I want to say two colorways through the playoffs, right? Yeah, so basically Mike comes back on March 18th of 1995. So, yep. you know, I'm terrible at math, but like roughly a year and a half after he retired. So right. he's already sat out an entire season, played baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's legit reason to think that he's done, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you it's know, well. I don't think anybody thinks Calvin Johnson is making a comeback. I mean, I guess <laughs> rock retirement is like maybe similar in terms of you know, age and peak, um, you know, greatest position player potentially versus like greatest player of a sport, mm-hmm. different heights. But, you know, I guess a, a, a somewhat close comp on that. But yeah, so Mike comes back March of 1995, right before the playoffs. The Bulls are, they're a good team, but they're not the team they were before. So Mike's back. He plays against the Pacers. It's the Highest Nielsen rating game since 1975 for regular season. Just absolutely nuts. And uh, of course, he's in the Jordan 10. He's in the Chicago 10. Mm-hmm. The 10s were, you know, according to Tinker and German from within, a total flop overseas. Like Europe did not even book a pair. So like That's the crazy. entire country, which is nuts. So, <laughs> That's crazy. You know, they have a lot of units to move. Yeah. And, um, you know, over the course of, you know, the rest of the regular season and, you know, the opening round of the playoffs, Mike is wearing the Chicago 10s in regular season play. Yep. And then he's wearing the shadow 10s in postseason because that point the league has dress codes where yep. in the playoffs people got a match. So he's wearing black shoes. Yep. Fast forward to the uh, series against the Orlando Magic. And it's clear he's kind of over the 10, you know, I mean, this is very a, quickly. <laughs> yeah. This is a shoe that, you know, I like the 10. Actually, I think it's one of the better Jordans to play in um, personally, but this is a shoe that's essentially celebrating his past for him being done. So yeah, it's kind of awkward. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, nobody's wearing their, you know, like final tour shoe, like, you know, or T, you know, t-shirt, you know, right when they, you know, get back on Fallon, you know, a year later or something like it's just kind of a, it's kind of an odd fit. So at this point, you know, Tinker, you know, even throughout the whole creation of the 11, the first sketch, you know, in 1994, is like Mike's got to be involved. Like even if Mike's not playing basketball, 
one, this thing should stay alive. And two, he should be involved, which is we see, you know, now on the Jordan 35, that's still true. You know, yeah. maybe not to quite the same synergy we've seen before, but, you know, Mike is, Mike has it, Mike is signing off on stuff. So yep. Mike, you know, had long been asking for a shinier shoe. Tinker delivered it. It was definitely like a visceral reaction, like, oh shit thing when Mike first saw the 11s. And he was given basically a wear test sample pair just to, you know, try out and practice, you know, similar to what we see LeBron doing the finals, mm-hmm. you know, Steph shooting around, things like that. And basically said, fuck it, I'm going to wear them. And, you know, even, you know, said this, you know, not those words, uh, I wasn't there, but to Tinker's face and Tinker was like, yo, you can't do this. Like they're not all the way finished. We don't have pairs for production. And, you know, Mike just kind of shrugged him off and did it. And it was, it was a moment. Yeah. And, and at that point we get two different colorways out of him, right? Because again, the dress, the dress code comes in, which is where the space jam colorway plays in. That is a, is an interesting stretch of kind of, not even kind of just straight up classic um, Jordan 11s that everyone wants, right? The Concords, the space jams, and ultimately kind of going to the season, the, the quote unquote 72 tens, the breads, that is a hell of a year for a shoe that almost shouldn't have existed because Tinker just said, no, I'm going to keep doing this thing no matter what anyone at Nike tells me because I'm right. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I mean, you know, like, well, obviously, you know, Tinker was quick to point out, like, you know, he felt he had the clout to do it. He still works at Nike. You know what I mean? This is yeah. a, you know, even if you're the man like Tinker, like, you know, everybody listening to this has a job or has had a job before or has had a boss and that's just usually not how stuff goes. So yeah, you know, it was, it was truly defiant of him to do it. And it, you know, it did show like a lot of faith and a lot of trusting his gut and um, yeah, it paid off 110%. Yep. And, you know, even though Mike wearing them early might not have been the best thing for Nike at that moment, given, you know, they still had tens to sell and, and no matter how you slice it, the 10 compared to the 11 is just tough. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no comparison in that regard. Yeah. Especially when considering, you know, the market and fans that love Jordan. I mean, he's a global icon, but it's, you know, there's, there's no comparison. So because of this, you know, you have the, 11 you know first scene in in june yeah may june yeah making sure my my months are right twice in a week we get two color two fresh colorways which is nuts i mean you know we haven't i guess maybe the closest thing in recent time is when lebron debuted the soldier tender in the finals Mm -hmm. you know that was a pretty like nobody had ever seen him it was a fairly wild moment and you know he won the ring in him too which is huge yeah one series but Fans had to wait all the way from June until that November to get a pair. And that was nuts. You know, historically, you know, over the course of Jordan's, you know, first 10 years in the league, the majority of Air Jordans would debut in February and All-Star Weekend and drop that month, that same month too. So there wasn't a big lead time. The only other shoe where there was, was the original Air Jordan 1. Yeah. You know, he's wearing this shoe in November of 84. 
Then in the dunk contest in February 85, and the public has to wait till April to get them and goes absolutely apeshit crazy. So it was incredible happenstance to create the buzz that it did. Yep. I mean, it it helped. It helped the way everything rolled out. He was gone. He came back. The surprise of the multiple colorways, having to wait months to actually get one in your hands, on your feet. And then that 72 intense season, that season was so iconic. They spun off another colorway um, just to, just to, you know, pay homage to that. So um, it it was a hell of a stretch, um, an incredible shoe. Uh, We see a, a variety of different, um, retros over the years, right? We've seen the Concords come back, the Space Jams come back. The one that really s- stands out to me, and actually, you know what? I'll save this colorway for towards the end when we look forward after the the kind tw- of 25th anniversary. But that kind of that kind of brings us to to this year. And what is the story that the Jordan brand is trying to tell with this Jordan 11? Because because for me, um. You know, everyone's you know, give us the retro, give us the retro, and then we get we get the retros, and then they're complaining, oh, you're doing the same shit all over again. Like, give us something new, right? This is this is a brand new um, Jordan Eleven, and and what what is the story for, from the brand for this one? You know, it's really just celebrating 25 years of excellence. Uh, yeah. You know, the colorway is pretty neutral by th- by all things. Yep. You know, seen. You know, I actually have a pair in front of me right now. Nice. Uh, you're Reggie for that. That was a he really enjoyed the uh, Jay Balvin feature. So thank you guys for that. Nice, nice. But um, essentially, it's just a celebration of a shoe that's truly been popular for 25 years. I yep. mean, that's nuts. You know, even in an era where Air Jordan 1s are still very much the toast of the culture or dunks are once again hot, neither of those shoes kept the same sizzle that whole time. Right. What now? Would you argue that's because they've basically only given us a high once a year recently? And it, I mean, the Jordan one is, it's it's had its it's it's been it's having its moment, right? Like they're doing a lot with it, right? I think that's part of the allure as well. It's like we're only getting a, a Jordan Eleven high once a year. Um, and I it was a couple of years ago we got the we got the we got two colorways that are now evading my. Think there, like yeah, there are a few years that they doubled down, you know, whether it's like some of the graduation stuff they did or the platinum tent or the gray suede or the year where they did the win like 82 and win like 96. That's the one that was coming to mind. And right some now. of the yeah. package stuff, but yeah, essentially it's you want a mid 11, it's gonna happen in December and that's gonna be it, you know, at least as the last decade's concerned. Yeah, and that's 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 a moment, right? That's I think that's what people enjoy about part of what they enjoy about Jordan 11. It's like, man, I can look forward to December and there's going to be, there's going to be an 11 coming and that rumor mill is, is turning ready for next year, which again, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on. But for me, I really just like the fact that in a year, and I don't know if this is why I did it, but in a year where hype and collabs and just everything, everyone's just fever pitch for all these different things. It's just nice to get a a fresh clean take on a Jordan 11 that I think everyone can get um, that everyone can have access to. That's easy to wear that you can throw in your collection. You got a bunch of 11s and don't want this one. Great. I can guarantee you there's uh, hundreds of thousands of people who would love to get their first 11 or their second pair of 11. So that's, that's what really appeals to uh, appeals to me about this shoe is that it's kind of for everyone. 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, uh, I guess just before I forget, I would mm-hmm. even go as far as to argue that the 11 is the reason retro sneakers are as crazy and popular as they are, yeah. you know, when uh, sure. obviously, you know, over the course of the nineties, air force ones, air max ones, dunks, occasionally a Terminator, a uh, Delta force, you know, superstar mm-hmm. pro leather, things of that nature would, you know, have that mix of like cool kid cachet, you know, chase overseas exclusives or original colorways, but still have some access at the mall. Mm-hmm. When it came to retro Jordans one, when they came out in 94, people were mostly like, you know, what the hell, why are you giving me an old shoe? Because the line was so much about innovation yep. and pushing the envelope that it really felt more dated than like nostalgic. And probably too, some people were like, you know, it'd almost be like, you know, seeing a picture of your ex or something like that. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I just love basketball. So yeah. it's a sensitive subject. But when the, um, when the 11 retroed in 2000, I mean, one, it's crazy to think that the shoe came back in only five years, you know, really four, if you consider the 96 releases, which, you know, there are a few models like the original one, the Reebok question, I want to say the Air Max 95 that have had, you know, they just kind of never totally left or they, you know, the Air Force One that released with some abundance or regularity, even after their introductory year. But for a shoe to only sit for five years, I mean, could you imagine if the the South Beach 8s came back five years later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like, they'd kind of scratch their head. But even though, I mean, they get them, obviously. Yeah, I think a lot. Yeah, I, I think right now, a lot of the attention span has changed. We're seeing things come back quicker than ever before. Coming to mind to me right now is the the up-tempo OGs. I feel like they just dropped two, two years ago. It's been four years, but, yeah. um, or even the easy 350 bread, uh, bread, black, red. I'm not saying bread. I'm not saying red, you know, coming back in, in three years, right. The, the tension, the, the tension span of sneakerheads these days is, is much shorter, but I, I totally, I totally hear you. hundred percent. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of that is they used to say, you know, the fashion cycle for tr- trends is 20 years. I think with the internet, it's probably closer to 15 or 10, Dude. but you know, when the 11s came back, you know, this is, this is like the end of the shiny suit era and rap. And you're kind of getting some of like the, you know, metallic denims and stuff like that from like a prep standpoint, you know, people are wearing Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle. And, you know, even from a vintage standpoint, people are maybe more on like seventies vintage. So there's not a lot of reasons for this shoe to click, but it absolutely smoked. You know, I mean, that was a shoe that I remember, like, you know, my friend Jonathan Jones showing up to basketball tryouts late with, and everybody was like, oh shit, like, yeah. you know, this guy eventually led the nation in assists and, you know, great player, great guy, and all that. But, you know, his mom had to pay over retail the day of at the mall to get them from somebody. Like mm-hmm. it was that hot in an era where resale did not exist. Yep. And if you look at it from basically 2000 on, the trajectory of retro Jordans was almost exponential. And yep. to me, the 11 was really the catalyst. Yep. And and I think that's for for me, you know, the, the Jubilee 11s this year is a nice break and a celebration of the 25 and the storytelling and, and all that stuff. Because I mean, last year we had, on um, the bread 11s, which everyone went crazy for, obviously. 
But now next year, it's it looks like because I you know when the rumor mill gets going, it tends to be right. But it looks like it'll be the cool gray elevens. Um, so to have the Jubilees, uh, this fresh concept and colorway tucked in between like two pairs that people would I'm not gonna say kill for, but like yes. they would do they would do some things to to get in their hands is 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 a nice kind of separation break and 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 nice for nice for the storytelling, right? We can't be re-releasing and re-retroing every single thing into oblivion, right? So when when you can tell a story about Jubilee and the meaning of that word in 25 years, do that as a brand, right? Give us something fresh. Give us a break from from what we're used to every single year. You know, I do want to quick touch, uh, quickly touch on the cool grades. Give people a little history lesson about that shoe because it's not an OG colorway. Yeah, so the cool grades are not an OG, um, depending on how you view the Space Jam, because it was mm. an original sample worn in the playoffs, worn in the movie, but never released in 95, 96. It's, you just can't really label it. I, I, I think everybody considers it an OG because Mike wore them on court, but technically From, the 2000 yeah. retro release was the first chance anybody got. Um, so, you know, we went October 2000 Concord retro, December 2000 Space Jam retro. Yeah. And then in March in 2001, they hit us with the cool grays. And it's funny because one, March is not a hot time for retail, you know, not compared to December, November, you know, October, or even back to school. And also at that time, Jordans in non-original colorways were absolutely panned by purists, you know, or they're polarizing to say the least, like your guy or gal that actually saw MJ hit the shot was not, was probably not stoked about Columbia force. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they just, you know, they probably weren't. They might have been, but the Cool Gray 11s were undeniable yep. by everyone. And, um, yeah, you know, they've came back, uh, they've came out twice now. Yep. And the third time will be, uh, you know, that's the thing. I think the third time will be the charm because that's one of the cool things, too, is as much as the 11 sadly has a history of violence just because the – demand is so absurd one of the most beautiful moments regarding sneakers i've ever seen in my life is when the space jam remaster came out and i was just i happened to be at the mall that day to do some christmas shopping and everybody was lined up totally civil yeah you know had already pre-booked their pair you got adults you know i see my buddy cam with his nephew there to get them they're both stoked you know like and it just went to show that like, it doesn't have to be that way. You know I mean? As much as we can say like, man, like love the up-tempos, but like, was it like four times in 10 years? You know, it's kind of a lot. Yeah. You know, Jordan brand really realized like, yo, we can do this. We can give the people what they want. And it's, it's time. It's the same. Yeah. yeah it, it's totally time. So I, I really, I'm excited for the Jubilees. Am I cool gray excited? Going to lose my mind excited? No, but I'm still excited to add a a clean Jordan 11 that I don't have to scratch and claw or potentially fight over for. Um, So I think it'll be a fun release for everyone to pick up. And then hopefully this rumor of of cool gray 11s next year is accurate. It it sounds like it will be because while the internet um, likes to get get ahead out of things, usually when there's some there's some smoke there. There's a fire somewhere there. So I'm ex- I'm excited for this Saturday. Shit. Damn, that is coming up quick for the Jubilees. 
and then the cool grays next year. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, like I said, uh, thanks to Reggie Art and the Soul Savvy team. I already have my pair. Yeah. Played last Saturday, which was, I mean, there's not anything much better than being able to show up at the gym with the new Jordans the week before they come out. Hell yeah. And but it was yeah, super yeah. stoked about it and it was fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's an interesting point. I never thought of I don't know how many people would want to hoop in their bread elevens or their concords, but like hoop in the Jubilees. Right. Like make this your moment to turn it into personal history. Right. Yeah. I have to ask on the subject of basketball and 11s. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the adapt 11s? Yes, that is a great question. Um, I have not thought about them much since the release. I think uh, it's really cool that yeah, I mean, I totally forgot. I think it's really cool that they're putting adapt into the 11 because it almost makes it makes too much sense of the way it's designed and way that the, if you've ever been worn a pair of dabs, how it um, contracts on your feet and how it fits, that all makes, I mean, it's, it's perfect, right? I can see why they did it. Um, and 25 years later to innovate on it with like the newest and latest technologies is super cool. What about you? I love it. Yeah. It's one of those things where I, I distinctly remember in 2010, the last time the cool grace came out, watching uh georgetown play memphis on espn like a few nights before they came out and literally like all 10 players on the court had them on yeah. you know you know georgetown's a jordan brand school memphis nike and all that and played to both their uh color palettes and i just remember thinking like especially once the 28 hit and flight plate was introduced i was like man if you had an air jordan 11 upper with a flight plate sole like who's not going to want to play in those. So yeah. to see it come to fruition, to see it be uh, organic to on the timing with the 25th anniversary yep. and Tinker's original intention for the shoe to be laceless is I'm here for it. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know if I'm $500 here for it, but <laughs> uh, I, I like them a lot. No, I do too. And, and it's, it's expensive, but like, you have to remember people like this thing probably had to get remade from, scratch to ultimately be able to fit all these moving parts and all this stuff. Um, it's releasing on December 30th. I believe it is $500. I don't know if we've gotten confirmation, but I, that's what I've heard as well. Um, it's not gonna be made like, uh, you know, people say, Oh, holiday 11s, there's tons of stock. There's a million pairs. There ain't a million pairs of these adapts. Okay. So um, if you do want them be attentive, but, and I don't think they were made for the court i don't believe they were court tested or anything like that it's just a casual wear sneaker what do you think i, know, I believe they are actually i oh, think i heard okay. uh, i don't know if it was nick that reported and nick to paula um i believe okay. so my buddy nick but um yeah i believe they are and that jason tatum will be wearing them while he's still gonna be oh, awesome somewhat the face and feet of the 35 especially with you know some other jordan brand athletes who Mm. We'll go unnamed, you know, likely getting a signature shoe this year. I believe Tatum is going to be wearing them. I think that's one of the reasons that he got, say, the cool grays early and everybody kind of lost their yeah. shit. And also the fact, too, that uh, Tatum was one of the first players to launch the Nike Adapt BB. Yep. So okay, he's yep. familiar with the tooling and things awesome. of that nature, but... Good thing I asked you. I was under the impression you couldn't hoop in these. So this is, this is good to know. I'm glad, I'm glad I brought it up. Awesome, dude. Well, look, as always, it was great to talk about um, a historical release with you and, and let people kind of hear the perspective of everything. The Jubilee 11s drop uh, Saturday. 
it's a it's a moment for the history of the 11s that I think people will look back on and always enjoy, but they're always going to want the retros and always going to be like, oh shit, I missed on the breads when are the breads coming. But it's nice to get that fresh take um, on, a, on a historic and classic silhouette. Absolutely. And I do have to ask uh, before we sign off, did the 11s have 25 more years of a run? I mean, the way they're pacing it, yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. But, you know, the Jordan 1s, it's going strong. They have found ways to to continue to breathe life into that in, in a variety of different ways. And I want to, f- I, I mean, look at the, all the different colorways that released this year of the one, a lot of unique, ta- unique takes. I don't, I'm trying to think what was an actual, if there was any actual Jordan one retro of a original colorway, it was all um, unique takes this year. I feel like, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, obviously the heavy hitters, Chicago, Black Toe, Bam, yeah, Royal, yeah, uh, yeah. Shadow, you know, didn't hit. Yeah. And unless I'm drawing a major blank on a OG metallic makeup, which I'm not, yeah, no, oh, that was like, all, yeah, all, yeah. yeah, all new motifs. So we'll see if the 11 eventually uh, receives the same. That it's I think once when the brand finds its sweet spot with like what kind of original colorways can we create on this and taking some obviously some risks i think it'll i think it'll pop off i don't think you can make a million pairs of everything you know as the internets will predict with 11s but um if you're strategic about it this shoe can obviously have a a wide a wide life and a long life um as it's already proven right yeah absolutely and i mean we've seen uh models like the threes and fours kind of in the 13 for that matter too, kind of take that pe to gr narrative mm-hmm. you know whether it's like 13s that were for Quentin Richardson that are now like GR Hyper Royals or what we're seeing with like the Air Jordan 4 that was essentially a North Carolina P but is now going to be a widespread GR so I'm hoping we see those uh, Maroon and White, uh, Blake Griffin, Oklahoma 11s. Yeah, those are my high school colors so I'd love to pair those. Yeah, there's a a ton of stuff they can do so we'll see where they go go with it but for now it sounds like until they put the one in the vault um they're going to rock with the ones heavy and keep giving us the holiday 11s in the spring time lows. But hey, it's, it's fun to be a sneaker. It's a fun time to be a sneakerhead right now. And I'm looking forward to picking these up this weekend. Absolutely. But you got yours already. This this guy, this guy. Looking at him right now. I'll show you. We need the, we need the, I love the jump, man. That's probably my favorite part is like the metallic. Or not, I guess not metallic. Um, Metal. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's actually like, that the tooling on the uh the jump man on the upper i feel like a reviewer now um yeah tagging on the heel yeah it's all it's all separate piece it's not stitched so shit yeah see now you've now you've inspired me to hoop in the 11s um in the jubilees um i'll say this yeah i'll say this too they run truer to size than previous releases like my concords mm-hmm. i got in a 10 and a half and we're i mean 10 and a half is as tight as i'll ever go yeah, they were too big. It was yeah, really yeah. I noticed wear. that. Like 2010, like or I'm sorry, 09 Space Jams. I could wear an 11 and a half or an 11 in plan. These the 11 felt perfect. I was a little afraid that I was like, oh, I'm gonna be out there on ice skates or clown shoes playing an 11 instead of a 10 and a half. The 11s felt perfect. So nice. no pun intended. Great, good, 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 awesome. All right, dude. Thanks for thanks for uh, jumping on the pod and. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back. Um, We'll be back soon. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks for having me.